0: Hey, friends and fam! It's John. It's time for the JMark Cast, and today I've got another episode with a guest. We've got a member of the Toronto Bitcoin Only Meetup community. Uh, he's, he goes by Laserman, <laughs> Laserman or Laserman. <laughs>
1: Laser Man. Laser
0: <laughs> Man. What's up, man? Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the JMark Cast.
1: Ah uh, man, honestly, like it's uh, it's it's an honor to be here. I'll you, that's <laughs> the, the, that. So put it lightly. Okay, thanks. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. So as I already just explained while we were off there, I just basically like to get a little bit of a backstory on you. How'd you? Where'd you grow up? How was how was your childhood? What did you study as you? Um, I don't know. Got older, and uh, well, how was your what was like your first instance coming across Bitcoin?
1: So uh, I grew up in Etobicoke, uh, and it was under the best of conditions. Like I basically grew up in government housing, welfare housing, all that stuff, and Mm. uh, it was a tough upbringing. I basically started working at a really young age. I just yeah. started doing whatever I could do to make ends meet cuz I had to start working at an early age because I wanted I had certain goals and stuff like that that I wanted to meet but I didn't necessarily have all of the um, uh, guidance and like household that would be ideal for somebody that's young that's trying to do something
0: How old were you when you started working?
1: I was 13.
0: And what was <laughs> yeah. your first job?
1: I was picking up trash downtown Toronto.
0: Oh nice. Holy cow
1: there was uh, some labor laws that were broken on that day <laughs> <Some> <laughs> labor laws but you know we were talking like what 2002 2001 or something like that is when i first started so you know i think things were cool. it was before the age of information so people could get away with a lot more right. nice. yeah, i got i got picked up in one of those really big vans that look like there's something going on (laughs) you know what i mean it was weird but like the guy was cool like we just picked up trash he gave me like a hundred bucks for like i don't know i think i worked like six hours or something like that but yeah that was the first time i ever actually worked for pay and that was uh, yeah many 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 moons ago so like that's kind of like a little bit of like my background in terms of like how i grew up the conditions i grew up in i come from like i guess you could say like a fairly decent sized uh, family like i have uh one brother, siblings.
0: two sisters. Okay. One brother, my two sister. sisters.
1: Yeah. One brother, two sisters. I'm the youngest. Uh, My dad passed away when I was like, how old was I? 11. So I lost my father at a really early age. And then my mom had to go and like independently raise these four kids. So our, oh I, yeah, our, our, our conditions were very like, you know, like it was a, tr- it was a tough terrain to say the least. So, uh, flash forward. Uh, working all these odd jobs. I ran my own business. I ran my own trucking company. I, I had a few entrepreneurial ventures here and there. I made a few investments that were lucrative, and some were busts. So I have like that, like up and down roller coaster type thing. Uh, the mm-hmm. first time I heard about Bitcoin was in twenty thirteen. With did, my- you go, did
0: you go to school though before before you go into that?
1: So I never really got a high, like, uh, I never got proceeded forward with my educational capabilities. I didn't go and start getting into university or college or anything like that and get into finances or anything like that. I just wanted mm-hmm. to take the work route and basically yeah. do what I could to, like, support myself. So I don't have, like, a higher level of, like, education in that sense. However, That's awesome, then. A lot of people think that when they encounter me, they're like, oh, this guy, he must be like highly educated. I don't know why they say that. I think I'm fairly stupid, but hey, I'll take <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's a, I think you're, you're just eloquent when you speak, you come off confident, So uh, <laughs> right. that's why.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, so what, uh, what was the, Or was I headed with that? Yeah. So the first time I heard about Bitcoin was in 2013 and that was with, uh, it was me and my um because i just want to like talk about the journey i guess uh Mm -hmm. yeah definitely the dots with how what you had asked me previously so it was 2013 and we're in front of my uh my mom's place and it was me my brother and his friend and he just starts telling me about it he's like hey you know have you ever heard about this thing called bitcoin and i'm Mm -hmm. like no Well, what's that right and it was and this was like in one ear out the next type thing right that was like my reaction to this is 10 years ago, right? I'm 30. Everybody
0: has the same, same reaction the first time they hear. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) However, I find that there are those people that have like this, uh, uh, thing reaction, this like, uh, like I'm against it. And that, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's legitimately shocking to me. I'm like, why are you so opposed to something that could potentially be cool or not cool or this and that with like little to no information. So that's, that's an interesting one, but I guess that's a bit of a different subject matter. So, um we were we were there and he was he mentioned it and i and he's like hey i've heard about this thing called bitcoin i'm like no what is it i was a bit inquisitive right and he was and he just said hey it's essentially like this and remember he's also explaining from what little he knows because it's definitely like only three years out everyone's playing a bit of a guessing game so yeah yeah. it's only going to be so accurate and he says oh it's uh this new digital payment method, you can like break it down in increments. You can send little portions of it around. It's like, it's a better alternative to the regular form of money and stuff like that. And this is like little explanations that he had with the, uh, with the info we had at the time. And I was like, Oh, okay. that, that that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. Why? Well, you know, like I w- it might be all right. And that was just, and that was it. And then just like, didn't think about it, just heard about it. And that was it. And then as like the years kind of rolled on, I had seen it pop up here and there. I remember on websites, I would see, Hey, Bitcoin ATM, I would hear like this and that, like through the media or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Don't care. And then I, we actually, me and my brother have a mutual friend who I met through him. It's mainly his friend. It lives in uh, Pittsburgh and like their family is like, they do like some, uh, I believe they're like uh, some type of steel tycoons. They're well off in that, uh, in that way. And they made a documentary and it's called uh, the, I think it's the rise and rise of Bitcoin. And they sent, like, us the uh, – I had a friend that was working on the movie as well and through my brother, we actually know them. and they had sent, like, uh, some rough cuts and some image. And and, cool. and and then they told me it came out and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I think, like, somehow my brother sent me a link to, like, an early viewing of it or whatever, online or whatever. And when it came out on Apple, I believe, it was, like, the top, like, stream uh, oh, cool. documentary. And then it came out, and then I watched that, and this was in 2015. So – and I, I remember watching it, and I watched the whole thing, and I was like, again, fuck, man. I was still like, oh, uh, cool. Like, it sounds pretty sick. Like, you know, maybe it'll do something. And then in one ear, out the next again. Ah, man, you know what I mean? One mm-hmm. of my... Like, uh, so, huh, for some reason, my laptop just kind of... Sorry, okay, I don't you're know. You're back.
0: You just... Yeah, you darked out, but you're back.
1: Yeah, darked <laughs> out. I don't know why this... Anyway, so uh, then... I, uh, so then again, I'll still in out, yeah, in one ear out the other and still ignoring it exactly. And then, uh, came 2017 uh, where my friend asked me about it. Another close friend of mine asked me about it and said, Oh, um, have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? My cousin won't stop talking about it, it's really cool. This and I, my response was i gave him a detailed response in email and i still have that email till this day or whatever uh i said hey you know um it sounds like a really cool thing but it's just uh a lot of people i know that i transact with just aren't accepting it yet so for my purposes and the way i see it i wouldn't deal with it because what am i going to do with the bitcoin where i can't take it anywhere but it might be some, some of some promise in the future that was generally what i said and he said oh okay cool but i still didn't trash it and Mm -hmm. then pretty open-minded yeah you know what i mean like why not right why not be right especially with little to no information like i had some information now but i still don't feel as though it was like a deep dive enough right to just condemn something or whatever right Mm -hmm. and then 20 and then the end of 2017 hit and then we just saw like that huge massive friggin uh, yeah, Rising uh, price
0: from yeah. like the to to let's say it was 20k, I guess was the top exactly.
1: prior exactly. to that.
0: If the previous all time high was a thousand,
1: right? And it exactly. had gone
0: down to in the hundreds, so it went from a few hundred dollars all the way to 20,000.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was in December 2017 where the price really popped, and I was like, Holy shit, man! Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the greed wrangled me in. Hundred yeah. you know percent. What I mean, I was like, you know what? I'm. Uh, I, I want to make money. I want to do well for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I have goals I want to achieve. This seems like a good vehicle for investment. You know, I have. A, I have a little bit more understanding now, but it's still kind of vague.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if it's, it's going like, from hundreds to twenty thousands, it must be good.
1: Yeah, I'm like, i like, That's all the information I need. <laughs> so I. And then uh, what did I do? I bought Bitcoin at friggin twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Like, yeah, man, Uh, I'm just going to ride the wave, baby. You know what I mean? Here we go. And that's when I got in. And then, little do I know, the big joke's on me that I'm about to do like a friggin', what, like a three, four year bear market. Mm -hmm. Literally, like I bought at the top and just. Cratered down, and a lot it's of people. Like Three thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that was like its mainstreamish moment in terms of, at least in terms of like price appreciation, and got like uh, notoriety and like big boom and stuff like that in, in that year. And then, uh, just I got totally like wiped out in terms of like investment wise, in terms of what I put in, and I'm like, oh my god, and and everyone that was like a huge enthusiast and talking about this revolutionary thing. They all like vanished. All the info were gone, complete silence. Everyone's like, oh, get away from this thing. This thing's not going anywhere. I was like, "Whoa, all right. So I was like trying to figure this thing out still. I'm like, man, I think I got screwed over. Basically now I'm feeling a bit scammed, like down and out, down in the dumps type thing, right? I'm like, oh, man, what do I go from here, right? And then uh, I was like, definitely at the end of my wits in a sense, I was like, I don't know everyone felt like a salesman to me, like a cheap car salesman, everyone I was talking to. I had a few people, like my friends from Pittsburgh and this land, they're like genuinely true people, but I wasn't necessarily in connection with them to ask them about, hey, can you tell me about the, you know, how how should I navigate this? And the people in my personal life didn't know too much about it and this and that. So I had like limited guidance in that sense. And I was about to pull the plug on it. I'm like, you know what? Obviously this is just something, uh, you know, I, 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 it was, uh, it was a bad call and I'm thinking I'm just going to walk, walk away from this. And then I remember, I, I, it pisses me off because I don't remember what platform it was. Uh, uh, I had went online to see if I could get some guidance, but everyone was like a trader. Everyone was a, you know, just a, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, buy high, sell low, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm talking about cryptocurrencies and every little thing under the sun. And I was like, you know, I tend to, uh, tend to just, uh, you know, split ways from this. And then, I can't remember what platform it was. I don't know if it was YouTube. It might have been Facebook. It might have been something like that. But I was just on my computer and I saw. I was do- doing some research about it still, and I came across a video of Andreas Antonopoulos.
0: Mm, yeah, you know? he's good.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever if you'll hear this or who may or may not, but he's the one who unplugged the laser man. He's the nice. one who got me to stay because I was just about to leave. For this revolution would never, I would never even be where I am today, or con- continuing on with this, or marching forward, or anything. If it was not for that video, I, the the video in particular, I can't remember exactly what subject it was, but I just remember he's like on a stage. It almost looks like he's on, almost looked like he's in some, I don't know. It looks like conference. A, I, I want to say conference, but it could be like a something as more a little bit more simple, like uh, like it looks like a place where you could have a play in the background, like a and like a like stage. A little, yeah, like an actual just general all-purpose stage, I guess, with like curtains in the background almost. And he was just talking about like uh how this thing can stand up against the banks about a little bit of educational things here and there about what it is and what have you. And I was like, you know what? I've never heard it explained this way before. Maybe it's like Bitcoin for dummies. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to let me, let me do a little bit more research into what this in particular individual is saying. And then I went into all his other catalog of stuff he's been saying for years, way before I ever showed up. And I was like, whole holy crap like holy cow this is what i've this is the answer i've been seeking it's like my come to jesus moment via his education mm-hmm. And i was like man i have to this is going to change the world mm-hmm. like This is, this has such serious reverberations. This has such serious implications. This is truly revolutionary. This is beyond any, beyond the scope of anyone, anything anyone has imagined before type thing. And that made me stay. So instead of, everyone left like all my friends all my my colleagues all my this all the savvy investors all the people online everyone's gone and during this 2018 i want to call it 2021 bear market but i basically said you know what i'm gonna stick around and it's because of those things and I, i i weathered the storm and it ended up being lucrative for me in the end anyways but I just got more and more educated and more and more involved in the space during that bear market. And, you know, it paid dividends and it's all thanks to Andreas for making me stay. And then other teachers came along the way. Like I had other people that were actually more in line with his vision, how he sees the future. So I, you know, I kind of borrowed their like narratives and what they're saying and their teachings and applying Mm -hmm. that to my own viewpoints and taking my own approach as well. Like it's like a bit of a mix. And then, and then, yeah. I'm so proud to be one of the people that was involved before Michael Saylor came along. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like these epochs where it's like, like the people that came before Michael Saylor, because they're the ones that get involved because now a major company is doing things that are, they're putting Bitcoin on a treasury and mm-hmm. they're like listed on a major stock exchange. I'm like, okay, that is a game changer and it creates more security for people yeah. to feel comfortable to get involved. But I'm of the era before that, which mm-hmm. the whole time, I'm not going to lie, regardless of Andreas's education and whatever we think, we're, we're definitely hanging on to a bit of a hope and a prayer. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, fuck, is anybody ever going to show up to legitimize this?
0: Yeah. It's I'm, a perilous it is. <laughs> Michael Serler is the oldest uh, serving, was the oldest serving CEO, like of all the uh, companies listed on the stock exchange. So that, that goes to say something, right? Like if uh, yeah, yeah.
1: he's like, he's like, he's uh he's quite, para- he's quite a paradoxical individual. Cause I also heard to your point that he had had, um, he's one of the only surviving tech plays from the 80s outside of like the big boys so yeah 99 of his competitors over in like the software intelligence space have collapsed against him
0: yeah they're all bought by
1: so, yeah it's like man like even in this the, the the market you're in which i don't want to call a niche but you know it's a lot of people have come and gone if they've all collapsed against you and you've witnessed these drawdowns of your own stocks of like 99 percent drawdowns this Bitcoin thing is nothing but a walk in a park to a seasoned vet like you, and then him carrying the torch and lighting and, and lighting the way forward for a lot of people, including myself mm-hmm. that, that added that that layer of like, okay, this is a mm-hmm. real deal, but imagine so anyone out there who might be listening to this, imagine being on a perilous journey for many, many years <laughs> with so much on uh, on the on the line, not knowing if the thing's ever going to get picked up. Because that's, that's the thing. After Sailor got involved, then you have your Jack Dorsey's. Then you have your Elon Musk. Then you have your PayPal and all that. And say, okay, they're all legitimizing the space. But before mm-hmm. that, it was like, oh, um, man. And then there was a time even before I got involved. You know, there, there might be prior to 2017. So everyone, yeah. I guess every generation will have its, its hurdles, right? But mm-hmm. like, uh, I think that it, there's a lot more breath of fresh air to be had in the space now. And uh, in terms of just going forward, I'm I, I've already uh, I I launched a business where I was integrating business small business owners in Toronto. Um, to get involved in Bitcoin. Obviously, I'm always investing in Bitcoin. Bitcoin only. I don't own mm-hmm. any other asset. I have no need to. I have no reason to. I'm strictly only Bitcoin. I only stay with Bitcoin. I could diversify. Yeah. I could do this and that. But I'm of the Michael Saylor class of 2020, and it's like diversification would never work in an airplane. So why would you use it in your portfolio? Yes, there mm-hmm. are times where diversification can save you and this and that. And I'm mm-hmm. not totally against it. To some people's strategy, it might work. But for somebody like me, I think the winner is already screaming at me. So I'm going to pursue mm-hmm. it to the fullest extent. And yeah. I mean, yeah. you,
0: you, uh, you kind of diversify once you have created wealth. But in, in order to make uh, grow your wealth, people, usually they concentrate into the winner.
1: Exactly. I'm doing more of a concentrated type wealth allocation. So, uh, that being said, so outside of that, I started a business where I got small business owners to put, just buy a portion of Bitcoin and hold it and believe in it and just get involved. So oh, cool! I started that in the summer of 2022, uh, July. Okay. And in six weeks, I got 10 different small business owners to buy and hold Bitcoin. So, okay, cool. It actually scaled up faster than I expected. And how
0: long? What's the time period that they uh, agreed to to do this for?
1: What do you mean in terms of holding their Bitcoin? Yeah. Uh, well, they all want to hold for a very long period of time. I think it varies from person to person, but most of them were in it for a multi year holding period. So they're like, you know what? We want to hold it for multiple years and so we'll just sit and wait because half of the time it's, it's ironic because sometimes they do care about the text and understanding of how it can be uh revolutionary and and positive for them and Mm -hmm. a good investment vehicle, but a lot of the times and a store of value and what have you, but a lot of times they're willing to just get involved because they just they 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 like me as an individual and they think that I might know what I'm talking about. Which if anyone's out there is listening, half the time I don't know shit. uh, in, in, in this, like, uh, I guess in this industry, I'm becoming more and more of an OG, a vet and what mm-hmm. have you. So I do know a thing or two about this particular space. And I think it, I, I think I, I am right on this bet. So when I tell mm-hmm. them about it, they are more inclined to be involved. And that has like gone, uh, gone far in getting people involved. So... As long as you
0: can inform somebody, right? If they have like questions, follow-up questions that they want to ask and you're able to like clear up any, you know, uncertainties for people. I think that's really...
1: 100%. That's what I I do my best to uh, do that. And also I'm always bearing in mind one of the most uphill battles about it is um, fighting FUD. That's the number one thing. That's just always some nonsense that someone's heard about it. And right away if if I approach them on it, they think I could potentially be a scammer or what have you. But once mm-hmm. I have a conversation with them, I'm able to break down a lot of these barriers. So it's a it's a fun thing. So I did that in um the in summer of twenty twenty two. For about six weeks I did it, I launched it and I just put it out there as literally I did it in a crude manner for the re the purposely just to prove to myself to myself Mm -hmm. and potential prospects it's a prototype to show that it can be done so i didn't make any money off of it i wasn't profiting there's nothing like that involved there's nothing shady going on i'm not none of that so that just that's what i did
0: actually i had one question that i thought of sorry it just came back to me Uh, Did they do this as a business or as individuals? Were they holding like the Bitcoin under their business title title
1: under their business titles?
0: So is it like uh they're putting it on their balance sheet, kind of similar to Michael Saylor style?
1: Exactly, but on a way smaller scale. We're talking yeah, of about, course. we're talking about hundreds and thousands instead of like millions, right? And mm-hmm. uh, they were holding it. I I specifically made sure that they bought it with profits of their businesses, proceeds of their businesses. So it has nothing to do with personal ownership or anything like that. So uh that's what happened back then. And now I had this thing, which is basically a resume. That's how I saw it as like a calling card, right? Mm-hmm. The idea is to, at some point, build a business around it and squeeze some profits out of something like this. Because what's wrong with building on Bitcoin and getting paid for your work? The answer is nothing, right? Yeah, I, you're I, providing
0: I, a good service that people yeah, are and happy I need to, to volunteer payment for.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I need to take care of my family, right? Mm-hmm. so and myself so why not so uh that was about yeah almost six months ago so uh, I sh- so at that point on I started shopping it around to people that might want to get involved in this business idea I have and maybe we can collaborate on something and work on mm-hmm. something so unfortunately for a guy like me we're also <laughs> hey, I'm doing it again, weathering the storm, trying to launch this business in the middle of a severe bear market, <laughs> 80% ish drawdown from the $70,000 high of Bitcoin all the way down, convincing people that are outside of the Bitcoin space and people in the Bitcoin space that hey, I have this idea for Bitcoin, and everyone's like, all the companies are tightening their belts, so they don't have money for, they don't have money on tap the way they did to uh give money out to promoters or, uh, sponsorships and resellers, et cetera. They're just firing people that are not essentials. And then on top yeah. of that, when it comes to the public view, I'm offering Bitcoin and they're like, Oh, um, uh, that's it's a joke bit of a rough time. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's perceived as a joke again, because we're in another bear market. Remember everyone's on your team when you're on the rise, but when it's mm-hmm. the opposite, you already know, right? So I'm uh, I'm now doing this, and I'm not getting any bites because everyone's just either tightening their belts or they think it's a joke. And I'm getting some low-level interest, like uh, in terms of like uh, engagement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, the tides just now turned. In what are we in now? January. It's the end of January, twenty twenty-three. So, yeah. Um, thanks for telling, letting me know the year. I get a little phased out sometimes. <laughs> this is in 1999. We got to get back to the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, get in my DeLorean. So, I'm still glad somebody knows my pop culture references. My age is starting to show amongst the youngsters, though. I'll tell you that much.
0: dude.
1: Separate discussion, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 20. About two, three weeks ago, I I got a partner that wants to work with me on something in regards to this. It's just I have to stay discretionary about it and keep it a bit discreet, hush hush. But just a few weeks ago, I I, I got a partner that wants to get involved and build with what I was doing and add his own and take mm-hmm. away some segments of what I was doing and add his own and add some of mine, and we're basically doing a partnership and moving forward with what I've been already building. Mm-hmm so Mm -hmm. it took about five months for that prototype to uh give me some type of roi in terms of getting me somewhere in terms of a partnership so now Mm -hmm. i i actually had a call before you uh uh, before i got on the phone uh, uh before i got on the meeting with you with him for like 40 minutes and he's had some pretty good success and he has some pretty good connections and he's in the he's in the in the space to say to a certain degree he's done other stuff but now he's moving into this and me and him have been chatting and having banter and we're gonna launch something and do something so that's where I am presently at the beginning of 2023 I'm hoping that in uh, March or April mm-hmm. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my secret weapon de- deployed put it that way I'm gonna be launching something on the off the strength of what I've done in the past and now moving forward. So, uh, that's where I currently am. And, uh, I mm-hmm. want to be in the space forever, whether, what, look, even if all my business ventures fail inside of Bitcoin, whatever, I took my shot. If they fail, they fail. I'll never stop being involved in terms of an, an investor and a community builder. And, uh, even with what you're doing with, uh, creating a business for people to, uh, essentially work out and pay you in sats that's mm-hmm. amazing and i'm always going to be community builder and i'm always going to be riding with the community so that's me in a nutshell so sorry to bore everyone to death with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I, I love it there's uh it's funny you're talking so much i had like so many follow-ups and now none of them are coming to mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, that happens. no it's all good uh well Why don't we go, so if we are to talk maybe a broad level vision of what you'd like to see, the sense I'm getting is you'd like to orange pill a bunch of businesses in the local region. Perhaps the ultimate goal for that is obviously we want to grow the community of people who are using Bitcoin and then through business owners who then are, uh, you know, if they're putting it on the balance sheet in their business, that could be the first step towards maybe actually accepting it as a payment as well. And then we're well on our way towards a circular economy where, you know, we that's the path towards hyperbitcoinization, a world where we're actually using Bitcoin, not as only as a store of value, but also as a medium of exchange and also as a, you know, a unit of account, all the services that money renders to us. Is that kind of like a broad level picture of what you're seeing, your vision? Do you want to orange pill a bunch of businesses? Create a circular economy?
1: 100% yes. Uh, also, I want to be involved in the Bitcoin industry to whatever proximity or whatever whatever way I can be. Mm-hmm. If, uh, I find that my vision and what I want to do is constantly evolving. Like, at a certain point when I first got into it, I might want to just sell a business, uh, a Bitcoin ATM. But then I'm like, okay, you know what? That's already a marketplace for that. Maybe I'll change and I'll morph into doing this. I just want to be involved in the Bitcoin space in terms of entrepreneurial vision in that sense. um, Right. is more like... I want to, yes, I think that that is a very key component that we're building on. It has just somehow landed me there is um, I think I kind of fell into this, into that segment almost by like happenstance where okay, fair. Uh, it's, yes, we have to make it circular as well because this new layer, which is lightning, which is so like beyond like uh, to a certain level beyond comprehension of what can be done on that scale is... Mm-hmm. Is this nifty new thing that can be played with and built on in terms of scaling because the layer one issue, the layer one version of Bitcoin had its drawbacks and this, now this new layer two of lightning can do all these different things where you don't necessarily need to rely on a cryptocurrency or something like that to be the rail for Mm -hmm. scaling and speed because nobody's going to go to a coffee shop and wait 10 minutes for the, Bitcoin core to confirm that $1 transaction or half hour, an hour, they want any instant payments. And now lightning has opened up that new Avenue. So now you can make it more circular, which is such an important thing that we need for just everything overall, whether it's price appreciation, sorry, price appreciation, or uh, making it more available in terms of banking the unbanked, making it easier for merchants, uh, creating that uh, portal for people to get in and out of Bitcoin in a quick and easy, convenient manner. Those weren't necessarily things that you could have done maybe even if, uh, quite a few years ago, even when I first got involved, but flash forward a few years and now there's a whole new level and wave of interaction. And that's what we are trying to potentially build on and go moving forward with. And if I can be a small part of that, I'm, ha- I'm happier than a pig in shit. <laughs>
0: Well, fair enough. It's good to have a constantly evolving uh, vision of uh, what you want to see and how, where you want to go yourself. So yeah, you're just happy to be in the space. You've you you know, you've landed in, in a particular set of circumstances and you're just trying to proceed from there, but you're not necessarily tied down to anything. You just want to be in. Why is it that you're so infatuated by Bitcoin? Is it like, it, do you find the, the people involved in the community are just like, Uh, that you jive with them better or what what draws you in?
1: It's because I care about the future of myself, my family and those who are close to me at the end of the day. You know, I can, there's, there are plenty of other layers and reasons that are there, but I think they're more like third and fourth order. I think the thing that keeps me involved is the fact that, it's the thing that is underpinning everything and there is, to me at least, there. Are, you know, people have their own vision in life and their own endeavors and they're more than welcome to them. Not everyone's going to be involved or give a shit about Bitcoin, but it's the grandest idea that I have ever come across that I can actually partake in. Maybe I could have been the guy to be involved in Amazon in the 90s, but guess what? I was a little child. So guess what? <laughs> that ship has sailed. And, and, and even then, but even in comparison, when I look at something like Bitcoin or oh, am I too late? Is it this? Is it that? A great analogy I've used in the past is everyone in the world, the, the thing that keeps me inspired about Bitcoin and why I think it's the best bet is that... and apart from the fact that it's morally and ethically sound and it creates prosperity for everyone. So that goes hand in hand mm. with it. So this isn't just me talking as a venture capitalist, trying to make money and just the next fucking person in line to just mm. try to extract capital from everyone. Apart from that, that it it is extremely, extremely uh, just, is a peacekeeping armada. That's what Bitcoin is for all of humanity. That's how I view it. But if I am going to talk about the opportunity in terms of monetary gain, which why not? You know what I mean? We can, there's no reason that has to be off limit is every company and everything that exists, corporations, companies, uh, workers, whatever, whatever type of entity you want to uh, classify yourself as if you're working, if you're running a business, if you're a uh, if you're a venture capitalist firm, if you're a, if you're listed on the NASDAQ, your end goal is profits, no matter what, that's what you unless you're a nonprofit or something like this, but I'm not necessarily talking about them. If your goal is to make profit, then you are, imagine the, imagine the ocean as being a giant, instead of it being full of water, it's full of money. It's just a big ocean of, of, of cash, dirty fiat, whatever. <laughs> and you trillions are. Trillions and trillions
0: of dollars.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you are a hundreds of trillions of dollars and you are a, a, a blue whale. You're just a giant fat whale in, 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 in that ocean of fiat. And your goal is to swallow as much of this fiat as you possibly can. You just want to open your mouth and gulp it all in like, Oh, right. That's, that's what you're here for. So you want to make sure your Q1, your Q2, your Q3, your Q4 is always looking good to your, your board. Green. Yeah. As long as it's green, everyone's happy and everyone's winning. So your goal is, is, is consumption of, Of of profit. However, and everyone has their different drivers. Amazon wants to be the marketplace for everything. Apple wants to be the coolest technology, best phones, best watches, whatever, best smartwatches. And then um, someone like Netflix wants to be the number one person you go to for your streaming. So they're Mm -hmm. all playing their... They're the monopoly for their industries, or the giants, or the mid-sized guys, the smaller guys, whatever. But their end game is profit. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So they're all playing for this. The they have this. They have this order of magnitude they want to get to. They want to take their cash in dollars, U.S. dollars. They want to cash. They want to take their their their. They want to. They want to get their profits in gold maybe they want to get their their profits in diamonds maybe i'm not saying that these industries that i that these companies that i name do but they want to they want to reap their benefits and shares and whatever it may be so if that's how they want to be paid off essentially then why forget about being the shark don't or the the whale in that fiat ocean you're playing a small game isn't it a better idea to be the ocean itself? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing to wrap your head around because Bitcoin is orders and orders, if not hundred times, orders and orders of magnitude better than the second best thing, which might be gold or US dollar, whatever, whatever people want to, whatever their their monetary vision of being the top dog is so with bitcoin being so much better just be if if you can if you can wrap your head around being the mm-hmm. ocean itself then there's no ceiling towards how high this thing can possibly go and that's the grand vision of things if bitcoin becomes the standard of that of that ocean of profit then mm-hmm. that old saying comes comes true fiat has no uh, has no Sorry, Bitcoin has no top because fiat has no bottom. So that's why I stay so involved and inspired to want to wanna keep getting up in the morning and being in the Bitcoin space because right. it, it, has a, it has limitless potential as in comparison to anything else I see out there. Maybe I'm not smart enough to see it. Maybe I don't have the tenacity or the integrity or it just hasn't come across me. But... I, I I've studied quite a few different things that I could be involved in, and I just don't see how this isn't like that ultimate uh, ultimate lottery ticket, I want to say, in every aspect of life, not just financially.
0: All right, we're back so <laughs> So I think uh, from what you're talking about, what I'm uh, hearing is you're saying that Bitcoin has the potential to be base layer money for the world, for the globe to be the world reserve currency, uh, a standard on which like uh, different nation states can transact with one another. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: 100%, whether it be nation state, whether it be on a smaller scale, whether it be Mm -hmm. a guy trying to, I mean, there's never been, those doors have never been open like that before. You can't buy uh, if say there's an artist living in a jungle and his <laughs> and his 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 product is wrapping a bunch of you know like friggin' tree leaves together and then packaging it and calling it art, right? How would he ever have sold that to you in the past, right? How would that person, how would that merchant get that to you? That'd be it'd be so so damn near next to impossible to get it done. But now you can have a lightning you know, point of sale terminal in a place like a jungle. And it's like, just like a smartphone in your pocket. And let's say you're transacting on it and you're using those rails, right? Shipping and this and that is a bit of a different thing, how he's going to actually physically get his product to you, but we're not necessarily in the business of Bitcoin. Isn't a one cure all right. However, at the very least you can get your payment to that individual from buyer to receiver. Right. So uh, and that's on that's on like smaller scale stuff, but uh, nation states they're gonna have to find a way to uh, essentially align their own treasuries with something that isn't reliant on another country, in particular a country that they don't even like. So if most nations aren't big fans of America or USA or whomever, and they'd rather not have them, be that monetary standard so why not turn focus on something that doesn't necessarily have a flag so there's huge benefits even for nation states and 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 whether it be uh, a smaller flag like El Salvador or a bigger flag like Switzerland or a a a, a small to mid-sized company or a mega corporation everyone can benefit and everyone um, works their way from the inside out in a sense of I always believe Bitcoin to be the equalizer where if you're a smaller fish in any game, you can get ahead of the pack because they're not as nimble as you are. Big people have a fiduciary, fiduciary duty and they have a lot of people to report to. So they can't just go and hold a bunch of Bitcoin without getting a bunch of OKs and green lights. Whereas in somebody who doesn't have to worry about all that political melodrama can just go boom and get integrated fast. And that's to their advantage. Ultimately,
0: Bitcoin is this to you, I guess you could, I could say it's this technological advancement where it's decentralized money and because it's decentralized money, it's this neutral asset that can be used between parties that don't necessarily uh, have a lot of trust for one another, but you know, it, it, it kind of, because it's neutral it's it's one thing that you can at least agree on with an enemy, let's say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that I mean, it's so, it solves the Byzantine generals' problem if I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, it's it it just creates so much less friction between both parties because mm-hmm. if you're gonna transmit information, let alone currency or anything of that matter, there can be Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of uh, third-party worries and woes that have Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the two parties that are just simply trying to transact amongst each other. Mm -hmm. So the more you essentially alleviate that stress of, oh, okay, if I'm going to move a bunch of gold bars around, am I going to have to move it with a bunch of horses and buggies or planes and cargo and verify that it's real? Or am I just mm. going to make it instantaneous and just let the blockchain and the confirmations of the verification for me? So the more mm-hmm. things you remove, uh, the, the more hurdles and the more barriers you remove in between those two people who are trying to simply transact, whether it be mm-hmm. a simple transaction or a major transaction, you're, you're always going to end up with more upside and just bigger bigger returns in every way shape and form.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like uh, it's uh, it's more convenient uh, ultimately to use Bitcoin. People don't like when you don't understand what it is and how to use it, then for you you could make the argument that it's not more convenient. The way I already live my life is the most convenient thing. But there has to be an inflection point where something happens and there's a need and there's a pain point. And at that point, when people have a pain point and a need, then they can have an aha moment, a light bulb moment, where they understand the value proposition of Bitcoin and it becomes more convenient for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a true disruptor. And to your point, that disruptor doesn't necessarily have to take place in North America and uh, that disruption, rather, doesn't have to take place in North America and our parts of the world because we're in first world countries. To be honest with you, for the most part, my credit card, my debit card, my e-transfers, they keep me pretty not bothered. I'm fine, you know what I mean? I don't face too much friction. I'm able to buy things fairly easily, as I'm sure you are as well. But that's just elitism, you know what I mean? We represent a small faction of the world. We're not the everything that encompasses all. There is still about 3 to 4 billion people who are unbanked or, or bankless, a, 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 a vast majority of them. So it's, it's about creating that disruption that levels the playing field a bit and it enables other people to become part of this, of this globally scaled economy. So they don't have mm-hmm. to always be shut out from it. So, uh, yeah, that's where I think that uh, a lot of the disruption will lie. And, uh, the, again, the, the ramifications of something like that are endless. And the
0: other thing is that it allows for all these people, the bank list that you're talking about, to store the value of their labor into something that can't be stolen away from them. Right. If they like in the current system where they're just simply working, most of the nations like outside of United States are still working for dollars. Let's be honest. You go to any country and you offer them their local currency or, or U.S. dollars, they prefer U.S. dollars. But let's say like even with that, even with that being the best, you know, fiat currency available their wealth is still being stolen from them just by the fact that the uh, supply is constantly being in, inflated at a rat and at, it's at a more and more rapid pace as time goes on, and all their value that they're able to create through their labor is dissipating away at a frightfully fast pace.
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, you said it yourself, right? They couldn't possibly. The people that are on the lower rungs of trying to just do the simple stuff and this applies to everyone across the planet but if you are somebody who's already in a hopeless position whereas and you constantly have to swap out your earnings for us dollars what i call bending the knee so to say so to speak <laughs> <laughs> um uh at the very least you want to be able to apply your energy and your labor and trade it in for a unit of energy that isn't dissipating and that has many vectors that can be inflation. That's money printing. That's, uh, <laughs> unscrupulous tax spending. Um, uh, somebody who could be the $5 wow. wrench attack too, right? Like it could be but absolutely right. Any type of debasement in terms of the traditional, um, the traditional rails and the traditional ways of doing money can lead to these terrible side effects where you're depleting your, your, your storage of buying power, it depletes your, you put away that storage to be able to retain your buying power to accumulate good services and assets. But if someone is secretly draining that out and draining your battery, how's that fair to you, the end consumer of that, of that storage of energy? So Bitcoin helps people to have that storage not be manipulated and not taken away from them. They get to keep that unit of energy and it can always be propelled and put into things in the future that they might that are that are sought after by them and and not everyone is trying to be an uh, allocate asset some people just want to feed their family but even that can be extremely difficult in dire situations we've seen what's happened in venezuela and a lot of other countries so the idea is to get everyone on this standard that everyone can partake in and have prosperity
0: yeah, man, it's a uh, beautiful, it's an easy thing to be passionate about, obviously, because ultimately, like money, like all of life revolves around money, you know, you know, you need money to take care of all your basic needs. And if that is left in the hands of the few who do not have the best intentions for everybody, who get corrupt, then the world, you know, just suffers, all the stuff, uh, there are many sufferers and this just offers an equal opportunity system for everybody. And it's easy to understand why you're so passionate about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess everyone has that driving force in their life and they have their reasons for why they do what they do. And for me, uh, this happens to be something I'm very passionate about and it's a coherent way forward because of the, yeah, something I would, a message I would send to anybody who uh, would be listening to this is you can be passionate and want to solve a lot of life's problems. You can want to be the guy who's going to make a car fly. You can be the one who's going to cure cancer that is passionate about that. You can be the one that's going to create the best possible pillow that people can sleep on, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. But, I find is I found it at least in my own life experience that there's not always a surefire way to move forward with certain things. So if you're going to be the guy that wants to elevate those industries, whether it be the pillow industry, the car flying industry, or curing cancer industry, I wish you the best of luck. And I think you may very be may very well be the determining factor in how far that goes. But you have a a surefire way to do what you want to do and cure what you want to cure because they've been talking about a cure for cancer or or companies have been saying we have the best pillow or someone's been saying they're going to make a car fly for years but who actually pulled it off it'll i guess at some point it'll eventually materialize but when i get when a person like me or say somebody else gets involved in bitcoin they don't have to be on the crutch of because we're 14 years into this experience, experiment now, and it's no longer an experiment. It's proven itself to be the dominant species in that industry for a decade plus. So that being said, it's it's battle tested as, as hell. And you can rest your head knowing that Bitcoin is the apex predator. And when you put it out there, you don't have to be like, oh, how am I going to solve that money problem anymore? It's been solved. It was solved in 2009. So when you, uh, in, you actively pursue people to get involved, you don't have to question your product or how, what you how it's going to, how it's going to happen. It's already taken place. It's just a matter of matter of people getting, uh, getting integrated. Whereas in something else you might get involved in in life, you're grasping at straws to a certain degree. So, Cho- pick and choose your battles.
0: One thing that I took away from what you just said is like it helps being certain about something like Bitcoin and like not worrying because there a lot of time can be spent worrying about you know uh central banks are inflating my money away. I can't like keep up with an inflation. And, and like a lot of energy can be wasted that way. But if you just kind of, you you found Bitcoin and you can just use it to, you know, let's say dollar cost average and just stack sats. Uh, and then now that aspect of your life is kind of taken care of. And then now you can just concentrate your your focus and your attention on something else you're passionate about. Something yeah. else that you can propel forward. It's not like... I think a lot of Bitcoiners usually have multiple things that they're passionate about outside yeah. of Bitcoin as well, where they're, and they're able to make some sort of cross-connection between this other thing and Bitcoin and kind of uh, uh, see it through a different lens. Everyone's got a slightly different frame through which they, they look at uh, or see Bitcoin with, and it usually connects with the first passion they had, which is like very similar to Bitcoin in some sort of way.
1: Okay, Do you have something like that? Well, yeah. From all, what I gathered, entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Well, what I gathered from you was just abandon all your passions and just get involved in Bitcoin. Forget about everything. Else. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and 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 that's what that's what it all like. It all it's all relative, right? It's all relative to the individual. They, I, I encourage everyone to get involved in Bitcoin. And and they don't have to go gung-ho and just throw the whole farm at Bitcoin. Just you being somewhat involved makes all the world, world of a difference if you multiply that by everyone across the planet and the ultimate grand scheme of things, the vision of things. That puts us in a very good place as Bitcoiners. So it's not always about go all in. It's about just be somewhat involved because it is a good thing. And uh, the other so side, maybe,
0: maybe to refine your advice, then it's not necessarily like doubt the uh, thing that you're passionate about. And like if if you have passions, I say pursue them. But if right. you don't have anything that you're super passionate about, perhaps this is an area to look into because. There's so much upside there. Like we always, like people always say, we are so early. There is yeah. much development ahead of us and you could yeah. be a big part of it.
1: But that obviously if you have
0: that. other passions, like the, don't, yeah, don't I just refines, drop those.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That refines what I'm saying very well. And I'm in line with you on that. It's just, I have to keep it a little real with people at times because sometimes, especially young people, but even if it's somebody who's a bit older, sometimes they can have their heads in the clouds to a certain degree, because if I had a dollar, a dollar, for every time I heard somebody say, I got a really good idea for an app (laughs) or if I had a dollar for every single time somebody said, Hey, I got a really good idea for a business or anything like that. I'd be, I'd be killing it right now. But, and good ideas
0: are a dime a dozen. It's all about execution.
1: Right. And, and, and it can be a, it can be a perilous journey where, you're chasing something, chasing something, chasing something, and you're not making any headway. And that, look, I salute anybody that might be willing to do it and 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 what have you, and they might be the pioneers, they might be the ones to take the first dive and lead the way path and carry that torch forward. But what I find in Bitcoin is there's a lot of like, it, it congeals and it's very coherent. It has a, it has a, an extremely sharp and narrow focus on what it can do. Whereas in other industries and what other, other ventures people get involved in, I find it to either be saturated or it's going to be a bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now back to your, uh, to your question of do I have those passions outside of Bitcoin? Absolutely. I think it's human nature to have your passions and what you want to do. And like, uh, for example, I, I, I wanted to do comedy for a certain amount of time. I wanted to pursue something in media. Like I want, you know, maybe I wanted to be a journalist and stuff like that. And those are still things I'm passionate about. It's not like those have been just this Bitcoin mind virus took over and I forgot about all the things I might've could have been, or may have wanted to do or passions I do currently still have. It's just focus. your focus determines your reality, because I could I could be all right in comedy. I could be decent as a journalist or I can be an absolute bit God in Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why can't you do that? Why can't, why can't you do be a God in the other?
1: Cause I'm not fields. as passionate about it. So I got to oh, okay. choose. Right, unfortunately, go. I have to make that decision, as does everyone else. They have to make their decision if they want a part-time Bitcoin, but full-time drawing comic books, which is fine, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. go for it if that's what drives you. For me, comedy's great, being mm-hmm. a journalist is great, but Bitcoin to me, it, being involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem and driving this mm-hmm. thing forward and staying actively involved is is larger than that to me. It's more of a driving factor, and in all honesty, it is less risk adverse to me. To me, there's less risk because in those. Well, you understand ways- it on a technical level,
0: maybe. Uh, like the more you learn about it, the more you right. develop and, a. And I'm
1: talking about an art field. Like, if we're talking about journalism and 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 and, and comedy, you're going to be a bit. You have to be a bit more. Uh, 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 artsy expression but and
0: there's a lot of luck involved too right
1: sure right and then now it's like oh my god i'm putting my destiny and my financial future in someone else's hand are they going to like me oh my god anxiety depression potentially in that right but however now i think there's going to be a law if you're going to be a lawyer it's in demand it's fairly safe if you can get through the bar and you can get all that done, you'll be okay. You'll have your salary. You'll be making good money and you don't have to put your hands in like that. Oh, what if this doesn't work out as long as you can get to becoming a lawyer, right? That might be the the route for some people and that might be the route they want to take and that might be what they're passionate about, right? So there are like safe havens and stuff like that that people can get involved in. But again, it's all relative and what people ultimately want to do and what it boils down to as them as an individual. I could have written mm-hmm. my own ticket and done a lot of different things. And I have done different things that I've been successful in, but mm-hmm. I kind of just let a lot of that fall by the wayside and stay involved in this. Cause this is what I'm happy doing. And everyone should be doing what they're happy doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're, like you said, you're passionate about it for a good reason. Like we talked about, this is something that is going to impact uh, well, like everybody at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. But just be realistic with yourself. Don't, mm-hmm. you don't always have to pursue every passion to the fullest extent where it could hurt you, because don't forget, Nikola Tesla died very painfully. Very, yeah. and he, his end was not met with, like the way he might have envisioned it. Even right. though he's a pioneer, he's a genius. He propelled the entire world forward, absolutely. But all that recognition came after his own passing, so yeah. he never got to see his name on cars. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and and some people do, some people don't after their passing. Sometimes the work is recognized after their passing, but a lot of people might come to realize that a lot of what they do want to do and accomplish might not always come to fruition the way they see it. So again, choose your focus, choose your battles, and choose what you want to be passionate about in terms of a career. Because if you don't choose wisely, it can bite you in the ass.
0: Although you know, I I do like to say like failure is just like the step towards success, right? Like, I mean, yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, I spent a long time in academia. Right. I got a bachelor of science, a master of science. I went back to college and got a regulatory affairs certificate. College, um, yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, that was a long time commitment in academia, and ultimately right. didn't really have the return on investment that I put in it, but I failed along the way towards getting to something that I, that I do enjoy doing now. So, you know,
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You you hit it on the head with that. Your biggest, your biggest lessons come from failure not success. I don't learn shit from my success. I, I learn a little bit. If I'm being completely honest, I learn a little bit, but the failures are what really wake me up. So, and remember, I wouldn't even paint your background or what you did or where you came from with what you did in college as a failure. It's a stepping stone. There mm-hmm. was a lot of character building. There was a lot of a lot of the knowledge you have now, even when it translates to Bitcoin, that came from what you did there. It's just mm-hmm. almost like a subconscious thing that people mm-hmm. don't even sometimes just go like, oh, my God. I spent so much money and time in school and getting a degree in this and that. And now oh, I haven't made so much money on it. You might not necessarily have made the financial returns that you were expecting, but you've definitely got that life experience, that book smart, that thing that you can reapply to other facets of life. And you clearly Mm -hmm. have because you found another endeavor that has been fruitful for you. And I can almost guarantee that what you did with that background to some extent translated into this. Oh, totally.
0: Exactly. I guess the only true failure comes from like not recognizing that, right? Like not realizing that, like, oh, if you made a mistake, maybe there's a system along the way that you learned that you can actually apply to the new thing that you're going to try out.
1: Exactly. Yes. True.
0: Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for all, you know, retelling your story and then just getting a little philosophical here at the end there. That was kind of nice, too.
1: Uh, of course, man. Yeah. You know, it's what I'm all and, about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And thanks for being patient with some of the technical difficulties. Appreciate all that. That's Is no there problem. any, uh, any um, uh, way to, that you want people to contact you or anything like that? Or
1: Yeah. You can always find me on Twitter, laser underscore 21. Nice. And that's a capital L. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't post as off as often as I'd like to, but uh, You know, I'm there. You can always hit me up there. And uh, other than that, you can always catch me in the Bitcoin community in Toronto here. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of things I'm building in the background. I wish. Yeah, man. Maybe we'll do another one in a couple of months. Yeah. uh, When you're ready to launch. Exactly. And uh, I'll be able to give uh i won't have to be operating the shadow so much about it <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah i think it's a very bright orange future ahead of us uh, <laughs> do, what you, do what you can to stack and just stay involved in bitcoin and uh, don't forget if you have any um uh, of your fitness needs that uh, don't hesitate to reach out to jmart because <laughs> thanks man you're you know, my
0: marketing team
1: <laughs> absolutely man I mean, you know i've been I'm, I'm you know i got a dad bod going on and i want to get ripped and <laughs> He's, he's my go-to guy. So you're only selling yourself short if you're not going to him. So keep that in mind. <laughs> thanks, man.
0: We'll talk some more once we once I stop recording. Cool. I want to get you out of your dad bod.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week.